Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to episode 272 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with Daryl. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Very happy to be here. Good. It's nice to have you back on again. So uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks other than being locked in home? <laughs> other than being chained to my desk at home working for the man, I have been <laughs> reading the first three volumes of The Boys. A little while ago, there was a humble bundle deal, which gave you seemingly all the boys stuff that's ever been made. And wow. another superhero series from the same people who published The Boys in Dynamite Entertainment. Right, yeah. So I jumped on that. So that was £11 very well spent. Mm. And so obviously, Boys written by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. And obviously, we all know the show based on it. And I can tell you after reading three volumes of it, so that's about six, 700 pages worth of stuff, that what we see on the screen is extremely tame. <laughs> yes. Um, it's also a very different sort of show. Yeah. Read the comics, it feels a lot more like alternative history because they spend a lot of time talking about the things that led up to what we currently see. Mm. So almost in every sort of volume I've read, there's a little bit of background where they talk about things. For instance, I think it's also been pretty much, sta- it, it is stating the show as well, that this all starts around the end of World War Two. They talk about in the comics how they use comics to sell the idea of superheroes <laughs> to the populace right. so that they're less scared of them and also as pretty much propaganda sort of blind them to what superheroes really are like because obviously they're just people like everyone else and they have their own issues. But yeah, there's a lot of really dark, messed up stuff in there mm. and a fair amount of questionable use of um, homophobic terms as well, which obviously quite make it into the show. Yes, yeah. That, uh, so it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's like 10 normal volumes and then there's some extra ones which I don't know if they're collected or if they're like separate stories so I have to report back at another time tell you the rest of it yeah. but also another thing is is that in the comics Huey is Scottish and likeable <laughs> uh, as opposed to show. I don't mind because Huey on the show yeah but yes so like he still has that sort of do-gooder aspect and thinking everyone could be saved but he's a lot more active in doing stuff yeah. in going in going after doing what and trying to make a difference whereas right. I feel like on TV Huey sort of steps more of a standing still sort of thing yeah I know what you mean I have read the first volume of it and uh, yeah I mean it is brutal the comic books uh, I do wonder if the next season's going to get a bit more into the history because we're they're introducing Soldier Boy played by uh, Jensen yeah. Eccles in the next season Michaels. which is you know, who was the original hero so presumably that we're going to kind of look back a bit more you know we might get a bit more background 
about it in that. So uh, I'm intrigued to see where it's going. I, and I mean, I'm perfectly happy with the TV series not exactly following the comic books because sometimes you need to do that. Yeah. You know, they're different mediums and mm-hmm. there are things that you can get away with in a comic book that you really can't even on streaming services. You just, I mean, there are certain things that you just can't do. And uh, I think wouldn't be acceptable. So they've done a great job with the TV series. It's it's good in its own right, yeah. but the books are amazing as well. And another interesting thing is just about the nature of Compound V. Yes. In the comics, they have a specially modified version that they can give to the boys. Yes. Which basically makes them super strong yeah. and, you know, fairly resilient to damage. Not quite superheroes, but more than capable of fighting them in a one-on-one situation. Mm. I do wonder which, whether... Which, uh, yeah, I wonder if that's going to get introduced at some point because... Because, you know, we only, the whole V storyline didn't really kind of come to fruition until the end of season one. And mm. they sort of did the same thing they did with Preacher, really. I mean, that season one of Preacher was... Oh, God, Preacher, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, you know, because you've got the same producers behind it. And, and season one of Preacher mm-hmm. was almost a prequel to the first book. And you almost have the same sort of thing with this, isn't in that yeah. you did get introduced, but they, they remixed certain stuff and the Compound V thing yeah. didn't appear until much later. Yeah, this is more they sort of, I can see things in like volume three and volume two that make it into the first and second season. Yeah. So this nicked a few things and definitely cut down on the background information. Yeah. But if you like reading comics and you can deal with the sort of rather extreme nature of it, I would recommend grabbing the comics. Yeah, they are definitely worth picking up. I mean, yes, they are even more extreme than the TV show, but yeah, I would uh, I would definitely recommend those books. They're really good. I was to say, I read the first one. I've got to pick up the others, but I've read the first collective volume though it's really good so next up is Secret Society of Second Born Royals right the Disney Plus series yes indeed well it's it's a movie so it's the first thing I've watched on Disney Plus because I haven't checked out Mandalorian yet so (laughs) why not (laughs) because I like Star Wars but I'm more interested in Force users not that interested in Mandalorian stuff brilliant I think I eventually get round to it but I'll have to see (sighs) I can't say it's at the top of my to be watched pile which stars um, Peyton Elizabeth Lee from Andy Mack which is a well-known Disney show yeah. which got Skylar Ashton in it one of the Pitch Perfect films a very well-known Canadian actor Greg Bick who appears a lot of stuff most notably for me would be in Bitten which is a yes. Canadian series about werewolves which starred Lara Vandervoort from Smallville and also Ella Young, who you might remember from Daredevil, Daredevil yes. and The Defenders yes so basically it's a pretty simple premise the idea is that every second born royal so the person who won't become king or queen when they hit an unspecified team age eight to develop a special superpower and at that point they are then inducted into this secret organization where they go around they're trained and then they go around dealing with threats against their various kingdoms <laughs> uh, so that's what we do awesome oh i have to go check that out so yeah so we follow andy who plays princess sam and she's always been rebellious not interested in being a royal at the beginning of it we see her with her best friend staging an anti-royal street performance <laughs> before the cop come to break it up so it's just her learning about that and also about some things from her family's past right fun film it really works I hope it gets a sequel yeah it's very well done you just watch it through has some interesting things that happen in terms of plot development it doesn't immediately go for love interest stuff it just tells an engaging story okay cool I'd seen the name of it I hadn't really kind of looked into it at all but yeah that's 
I saw Cop and IMDb hmm. on that on the front trailer thing like four or five months ago, whenever it did before. I, I definitely want to see that. Looks like something that's going to justify me having paid a full year's worth of subscription to watch Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I'll have to check that out. So it's got Niles Finch in it as well, who is uh, plays one of the younger kids in This Is Us as well. Uh-huh. That's one I might go and check out then. It's on Disney Plus. So. I, think, I think you should. Yeah. So something else I decided to watch. There's been much to do about Amazon's remake of Utopia. Yes. So the original is also on Amazon so I watched that <laughs> have you watched the remake or have you just watched the original no, I just watched the original I say start from the original basically the only person who I sort of immediately recognise from this is Nathan Stewart Jarrett yes um, who you'd know from Misfits yeah as it is it's um, about a group of people on a forum all tied to this strange graphic novel which is apparently written by this guy who then killed himself immediately afterwards and we see immediately that there's some strange people who are trying to track down any remnants of this novel and killing anyone who gets in their way. Yes. It's pretty wild. It's pretty out there. It feels a bit like Umbrella Academy in that. Has that this is really wacky and nowhere near reality sort of feel to it. Yes. And then yeah. on the other half of the time is you see people like in their normal lives doing their normal things. There's something a little bit sort of otherworldly about the British series, yeah. which it does lose in the American version it's interesting the reviews of the American version generally seems to have been hated in the UK and loved in the US I actually was okay with the American version it is I I don't want to say dumbed down but it does lose some of the sparkle some of the strangeness to it there is its own sort of strangeness on the US version but things like the cinematography isn't quite as stylized it's lost some of that sort of sheen to it you know that that kind of of ethereal weirdness sheen to it it's that that's kind of gone a bit in I also the feel like well, if, I feel like when you push it when you're going back to say 2012 especially in British TV we used to make stuff that was a lot more wacky mm. then whereas now I think everything's a little bit too paid by numbers so it was it always going to have suffer from that keeping things on the rail and taking out the crazy stuff to it Yeah, I mean I just watched a pilot and that was fun engaging I feel like I probably would get through this and maybe check out the American one in a couple of months just to see how they compare but I'm liking the show so far. It's pretty valid, pretty messed up, but interesting characters. So that's something I always need. Realistic, seeming people yeah. with real motivations. That's keeping me watching. It's an interesting setup, and the setup is similar on both shows. It's not identical, but the, you know they've updated it a bit for the American version. But the, the setup is basically the similar idea in in that a group of people that have never really met in real life end up meeting over this comic book, and they are trying to acquire it, and uh, end up getting involved in this massive conspiracy. I mean, the, the basic premise is sort of the same and the characterizations are somewhat similar on some of the characters, but they've also changed mm. a number of them in the American version as well. I thought it, they did a reasonable job with the American version and it was different enough for you to be able to enjoy both, I think. But there is obviously going to be a direct comparison and it was so beloved and also the fact that it wasn't finished, the British version. So there is that as well. But, you know, I think it's it's certainly worth watching the original is definitely worth watching it's a weird wonderful interesting show that I hadn't realised they put that on Amazon Prime as well yeah it just popped up so I thought oh yeah why not 
I spent I spent a lot of time combing through Amazon and Netflix trying to find something worth watching. Yes. And for the last one is again me scanning streaming services, desperately looking for entertainment. This one popped up quite quickly. It's called Three Percent. Yes. And it's a Brazilian production for Netflix. And as you might have guessed, it goes around sort of what seems to be not post-apocalyptic. That's the wrong word. But in a future not too far away, at the age of twenty, the people in this area sent for a test and the test they will decide whether or not they can be taken to the place they call the offshore which is apparently paradise and nothing goes wrong and you'll live the rest of your life in the lap of luxury and being productive yes bex mentioned this a few weeks ago she'd been watching it as well and so the idea is you've got to get through this test but you're not allowed to retake it are you you can only do it once yeah. So it's yeah, so it's a pass or fail. You either get through it and go and get and move on to that new place, or you fail and go back, or perhaps you might not even make it back. Yes, and it's been going on for ages now. So it's like four seasons, four or five seasons. But by the looks of it, they're very, very short seasons because it's only like thirty-three episodes. Okay, yeah, it's four seasons. So, the fourth season was the final one, actually. Uh, so, so yeah, pretty quickly engaging. It reminds me of a lot of the YA novels I used to read, right? Um, which go around the same thing everything from like Hunger Games to a dozen other of that thing which involved testing young people and you learn sort of two things at the first episode which is one that the offshore has had their first ever murder as a result of people who have been campaigning against it who of course they were bad terrorists and right. managed to sneak somebody into the test and get through and there is someone infiltrating in the current crop of ah, um, okay. test takers which we learn who that is in the first episode right okay um, and so it's just seeing what length that person will go to to get in and also to see what the test is really testing for and right. what, is, what are the values of that society, I guess. So yeah, pretty engaging. I find this more immediately engaging than Dark, which I think I probably talked about on here the last yeah. time I was on, which I tried. And I've watched like four or five episodes of that and then I just stopped because it's just so dark and dreary. Whereas this feels like it's definitely more of a thriller. Yeah. I would recommend it. Subscribe I, on Netflix. I will yeah. definitely have to check that out because you know both you and bex have talked about it and it looks like an interesting one to me i've just i've got other things to kind of get through at the moment but um yeah that is one that i should go and uh, look at i have managed to finish off something the last couple of weeks it's, if you've listened to the last few shows you know i've been working my way through fear the walking dead which i, I stopped at season two and sort of midway oh. through season two and i got a bit bored of it and and i went back and kind of forced myself through the rest of that season as I said, mentioned to Matt last week, it's a weird situation when you get a show that improves dramatically when you kill off most of the original cast, which is fairly well publicised that that's what they actually did. And uh, they brought in Morgan from oh, wow. The Walking Dead. And um, yeah. didn't kill off everybody. Well, it started with the family, didn't it? Yeah, it, it started, started with, it started with the family, family yeah. and most of that family are no longer around. And I mean, people die in The Walking Dead universe. That's just the way it is. But that was the lead family and they don't survive past season four but the show gets massively better at season four as well because it introduces Morgan and it's not just the introduction of Morgan it's the introduction of a whole new cast of characters that are just better written better defined it has a new central premise which is this group of people that Morgan brings together that are determined to go out and help people they have a sort of mission so it, it almost becomes the kind of 80s 
team, but in the Walking Dead universe in some respects, because it's this sort of group of people that have this network that they are trying to sort of set up and go out each week and help people as a premise it's nice because it has a central premise it can actually hang something on rather than just be another bunch of survivors in a walking dead universe which is sort of what it was originally as matt mentioned last week the original premise was the fact that you were going to see those early days of what happened in the walking dead universe and they kind of abandoned that fairly quickly and it just became another bunch of people in a different part of the country doing the same thing as the main show and it needed to be something more distinct than that and by the time they got to season four and they came up with this new idea in this new bunch of people much better defined characters and it, it hugely hugely improved i think at that point i worked my way through all of season four and all of season five really enjoyed the fifth season as well so much so that uh, when i finished season five it popped up on amazon that the uh, sixth season was on there available to buy for like 20 quid for the whole season so i thought i'll oh, stuff it I'll just buy the sixth season then because it is going out in the UK on AMC mm-hmm. and then it will come on to Amazon Prime eventually, but they're releasing the episodes next day on normal Amazon video and if you pay 20 quid you can buy them for to get them next day and I was really into it at that point so I was kind of disappointed that it had finished and I saw the first episode of season 6 pop up and it was like 20 quid for 16 episodes yeah okay I'll do that and uh, really enjoyed the opening of season 6 as well because that's sort of taken another slightly different direction as well so um, they're doing a really nice job with that show I really like the characters in it I, I think it's very much different to the main show I like what they're doing so I will be watching that uh, weekly as it goes out so there's a we're recording this on Monday so there's a new episode I think dropping tonight so we've got that and uh, the YA Walking Dead thing which is the World Beyond as well which is fine could do with speeding up a little bit but you know I'm enjoying that enough as well and uh, of course Matt is covering both Fear and I'm doing World Beyond with him on a podcast over on Entertainment Talk if you're a fan of The Walking Dead you want to go and Mm -hmm. check those out we're doing those over there outside of that and sticking with sort of dystopian futures though uh, Brave New World as well I've been watching that which is on Sky over here all the episodes are up on Sky so I've actually finished that series interesting setup for that and uh, interesting where they take it just the you know the basic premise is you have this place called New London where everybody is happy and the way that they make everybody happy is they have this drug called Soma which has different sort of strengths and levels and things and it's it's a drug which makes people forget about their worries and just have a nice time and just be happy essentially you can sort of balance out you know if you're feeling anxious you can just pop a pill and you're fine again you know it's it's that sort of thing the other thing that they don't have is any form of privacy there is no marriage so everybody belongs to everybody else cue very large orgy scenes at various points in the uh, show it's Mm. um that's the sort of this this world of new london uh on the opposite side of that there is a place called the savage lands which is presented some Something like a theme park so people from new london if they want to see what the world outside or the old world is like they can go to this savage lands theme park 
which is essentially rural America in a sort of dystopian world where they are kind of getting by by growing their own food and stuff. But, you know, it's it's kind of what we'd consider normal cars and people kind of getting through life day to day just in a sort of normal world environment. And they've got like a, you know, things like a house of matrimony exhibit where you they put on a play about people getting married and like a jealous boyfriend turns up and wants to shoot the groom and stuff. So they put on performances for these people from New London and, and things. They're treated like performing monkeys, essentially, of, of you know, they, they see the savages as being having kind of no soul and, and have these weird customs and all this sort of thing. You end up with one of the so-called savages going back to New London and it's the effect that not necessarily him arriving specifically has on the society, but it's it sort of he starts to hold a mirror up to what their world is actually like so it dives very much into the idea of well what is happiness and what does make you happy and how should you be living your life and is this the right way to do things and there's a lot of sort of psychological stuff going on in there which I really rather enjoyed and there's sort of a mystery as to how New London is functioning and why New London functions in that way so uh, yeah I really enjoyed it I really like where they ended it Uh, it sets up quite nicely for a potential second season which I don't know whether it is getting or not yet but uh, hopefully that will come along but yeah I thoroughly enjoyed that I thought it was uh, it's one worth checking out if you've got Sky on our TV it's certainly one I would uh, go and watch the next thing of course that returned this week was Star Trek Discovery that returned on Netflix for the first episode of season three you've watched this as well what did you think of it well I thought an interesting start Hmm. I have to be honest I was a bit disappointed that they've decided to split them up in that we have Michael by herself unsure of the fate of her crew and the ship unfortunately they've also wildly circulated various promo shows that gives you an idea of exactly what happens (laughs) which suggests which you know gives you a fairly decent timeline of when she's going to meet them again which is a bit unfortunate so I think one wasn't really great about that I, I like the new character it's quite interesting it's quite engaging yes it does get a bit weird though when they have their sort of high scene where you just sort of see the sort of almost reckless abandon which Michael starts killing people yes it's sort of like mm, you know <laughs> doesn't even bat an eyelid about it yeah I, the, the, which seems that, a little weird it's much as I am enjoying it and I am enjoying it you know and I thought it was great and it was fun I can see some Star Trek fans looking at it and going that's not Star Trek and I'd be inclined to agree with them like you say you know shooting people's with reckless abandon i assume people are up to date on discovery but they end up in the future for reasons which i won't go into because they're horrifically complicated but uh, they end up in the future and uh, discovery ends up in the future and this is where we find them the federation isn't really around for again reasons and just because the federation isn't around you wouldn't have thought she'd sort of abandon those ideals and i know they were trying to kind of get out of that place but yes there was sort of a lot of shooting going on in that and it felt closer to to some of the more action-y stuff from the films than it did from any of the 
TV shows. Yeah. And, you know, whilst, as I say, I enjoyed it. I really did. You know, I love that series. It's not that Star Trek-y. I'm looking forward to things like yeah, more, much less. more Picard and uh, yeah. Strange New Worlds, which is supposed to have more of a, a sort of traditional Star Trek feel to it. I'm fine that Discovery exists as a thing and I'm enjoying it. And I think it's an interesting addition to the whole canon. But I would like to see a bit more of, you know, I want to see something like Strange New Worlds as well, which is is something which is more a traditional episodic type, visiting Strange New Worlds and traditional what the Orville did so well, basically, uh, you know. But I like where they're going with it. I think it's a shame that they didn't release the first two episodes together because it is a two part of that first one. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. If you actually look at the title, it is actually whatever it's called, part one. So uh, I suspect the second part oh. will be looking at it from the other side. I suspect the second part of it will be the discovery side of things. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, yeah. but I rather suspect that's where they're going with it. And uh, we'll we'll meet them together. So I don't know why they didn't release them both at once, but I'm interested to see where it goes. And as you say, they have kind of spoilt a few things with some of the trailers and stuff they've put out. If you can get some idea of the timeline from the trailers, but I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. And uh, I, you know, I'm glad to have it back. It's more Star Trek's always fine by me. So, uh, you know, that, that's been good so far. Just lots of a bit of its Star Trekiness. I think. I mean, did you ever watch the um, short treks? I have watched some of the short treks. I think the one, I think it's Aldous Hodge and the ship. To me, that feels a lot more yes. Star Trek-y. And the one where we meet the Queen? Yes. Now, that's Star Trek, but it seems that sort of that sort of feel goes out the window when we get into the actual episodes. And I wonder how many people do actually watch the treks. The second season of the short treks haven't actually aired over here, I don't think. Nobody's picked them up. Yeah, I haven't seen them. I just remember the first ones, which I quite liked. But I do say the same thing that you said there. It's not very Star Trek. It's something that a friend of my cousin, who's a real Star Trek fan, who's really into it. Honestly, I think the mere presence of Star Trek Discovery in the world angers him. Because it's just, <laughs> he just feels it's sort of strayed so far away from what Star Trek is. Yeah, and the earlier episodes, less so, but certainly where they are now, I do rather agree with them on that. You know, as I say, I, I am a fan of Star Trek. I have been for many, many years since I was a small child. But I'm I'm okay with this existing in the universe as a thing. I just would like to see some of the more traditional stuff as well. But they are bringing that, you know, that is coming. So I'm okay with this and I am enjoying it. And I, I love the characters and I think it's funny and I think it's well written. And, uh, you know, there's some great stuff in there. But I want to see more actual Star Trek as well. So, yeah, I've, Strange New Worlds, I think, is the thing that I'm probably pinning my hopes on right now. I look forward to more Picard. And more Picard, yes. So, uh, that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. TV and film news start off with renewals, cancellations, and pickups. Only one cancellation 
this week, as far as I could see, and it's LA's Finest, which has been cancelled by the US network Spectrum after two seasons. I was interested to see what the reaction to this would be when I posted the cancellation news, and the general consensus was, I'm not surprised, it was rubbish. So I'm sure some people enjoyed it, but there was an awful lot more people saying, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Um, So uh, yeah, that sounds like it might have been the right move. I saw a couple episodes and yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> it was sort of derivative of every other body cop procedural. Right. I feel like with those two leads, they could have done so much more. Yeah, because it was um, Jessica Alba and Gabriella Union, wasn't it, in the leads? And yeah, so they're both yeah. great actors and then you would have thought there would be more from that. But uh, yeah, so that's gone after two seasons. Renewals Black Monday has been renewed for a third season, which is the Don Cheadle 80s comedy that's uh, dark comedy that is uh, being renewed for a third season. Star Trek Discovery, which we were just talking about, that's been renewed for a fourth season and the production is starting in November. I mentioned to Matt last week that you might see this a bit. You might see things getting renewed and just getting made straight away if they're ready to go with scripts. Yeah, because... I, was, I was just about to say, it's okay, we can film, well, let's do it now. Yeah. You don't want to risk waiting yeah. and, something, and something horrible happens. Yeah, exactly. And that makes a lot of sense. So they're going into production in November. That will be the next season of Star Trek Discovery. So I'm, I'm glad we know that's coming back. There were reports out there that Alex Kurtzman had basically said he had planning meetings with CBS taking Star Trek up to 2027. So <laughs> they've got a lot Jesus. more Star Trek coming up. We don't know what shows and obviously things will move around and stuff, but they have a timeline idea of where things are going up to 2027. So the other thing that have been renewed, which I don't think has ever aired over here, but Tracy Morgan's The Last OG has been renewed for a full season by TBS as well. Uh, if you're listening in America and you've got that show, I don't think that's aired in the UK. In terms of pickups and advanced day dates and a few coronavirus updates as well, Mrs. Maisel season four is set to film in January. They've said uh, Amy Sherman Palladino has also said that the pandemic may have them rethinking the end date, although she has said it won't end with season four, most definitely won't end with season four. She has said that shooting the season is going to be more of a challenge this year. And I think this year is going to tell us a lot about the show's future. Maisel was created as a certain kind of show. It's very big and outdoorsy. It needs space and energy. It's not a show that exists in a small pocket. So she's basically saying that filming this season, what they can and can't do this season may dictate where they decide to end it because they have an end point in mind for the show. So it could be that maybe they were originally planning six seasons and they will end at a five. Don't know. But uh, she has said that it won't end on the fourth season. I do love that series. It's brilliant. At least the, the fourth season will be filming in January, which I'm looking forward to. The Gilded Age, which is HBO's period drama from Julian Fellows, the man behind Downton Abbey, that had production paused for two days after two members tested positive for coronavirus. They are now back filming again. So uh, I just thought that was interesting. We've had a few reports of things being shut down. The the Little Mix thing for BBC was shut down for a bit as well, I think. So it sounds like the dramas are managing to get back to shooting fairly quickly. It's slightly more difficult if you're a live show, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. so... There's that. And um, Grey's Anatomy, The Good Doctor and The Resident have all confirmed that when they return, they're going to have coronavirus storylines because, of course, they're all medical dramas. So they are acknowledging that the coronavirus exists. 
I don't know what are your thoughts on this. Do you want shows, particularly these sort of things which are procedurals, do you want them to be referencing real world events like the coronavirus or Black Lives Matter is the other big thing as well because they were saying Brooklyn Nine-Nine basically said they had scripts written and ended up throwing them all out to start again after that. And I mean, that's a comedy rather than, you know, because after the protest, they were certain things that they felt they needed to approach in a different way. And a lot of the other cop shows, I think, are looking at what they're doing in similar ways as well. So, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Do you want to see the real life reflected in it? I don't know. I can see it makes sense for those medical dramas to deal with COVID stuff. I think without a doubt, we're going to have SVU deal with Black Lives Matter stuff. Probably, yeah. There's a bit shy about approaching Rachel stuff, like shooting an unarmed black kid in, in a chase. Mm. So I think they'll probably deal with that. I don't think I want necessarily want the non-medical deal with COVID, because that just seems unnecessarily distracting. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky. I mean, in, in some cases it might help. I mean, if you've got something like 911, where it covers, you know, fire and police and medical, you know, if it's yeah, a show... So yeah, yeah, if it's a show like that, plus I think with some of them actually, I mean, it's also an excuse to allow all the cast to wear masks on screen if you're setting in present day. It's a little more difficult if you're a period drama, of course, or something like that. But uh, you can't really reference it then. But certainly, if you're setting it in present day, it does sort of make a certain amount of sense because it means that you can have everybody in masks on screen and it makes it safer to shoot. So uh, there is a certain amount of that, I guess. But I don't know. Uh, it's because it's such a world event. I sort of feel like you do have to reference it to a certain point same with the cop traumas I think you have to look at the Black Lives Matter stuff and certainly adjust some of your storylines possibly towards them as well I don't necessarily think it needs to be over dominating the entire run of the show but I think you possibly need to take a look at it uh, what you're doing on the show to make sure that you are covering it in a in the right way I think so we are going to get a bunch of coronavirus storylines which I mean he's not unexpected but uh, those those three shows in particular have confirmed that they are definitely doing it. In terms of other things, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has finally got a release date in the UK. Season 7 will premiere on Friday the 13th of November on Disney+. Plus. We already knew E4 weren't going to be airing it because they had said they hadn't picked it up because uh, Channel 4 are struggling financially right now and I think that's probably the reason because all their imports seem to have vanished on E4. So, uh, oh yeah, I think that was part of the budgetary cut because all the imports seem to have disappeared which is why we're seeing them buy older shows I mean they, they have just announced today that uh, they've picked up One Tree Hill and The West Wing to go on all four and they've obviously they bought Buffy and they bought Angel because those sorts of things are popular shows and you know there are going to be a big audience that hasn't seen them because they haven't been available necessarily on an open platform for a very long time so um, they're using them to sort of pad things out and they're going to be cheaper buy-ins than buying the bigger American imports that like things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The 100 we don't know either way they haven't actually said but uh, that's still not showing up yet and I'm not holding my breath so I mean it's unfortunate that these things are on their final season but I suspect it's a monetary issue with Channel 4 we know that Channel 4 had to cut their budgets an awful lot they cut like 300 million or something off their programming budget they are trying to sort of work that back now but that's delayed or stopped them picking up certain things I think that appears to be the reason but you know with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. it is obviously an ABC show which means it belongs to Disney and they'd already got the other six seasons on Disney Plus so they're now going to be airing the seventh exclusively on there uh, it may come to 
Amazon at some point afterwards, but uh, at the moment it's going to be on there, and that's on the Friday the 13th of November. What's slightly annoying about that is they're releasing it weekly rather than dumping the whole thing as a box set. You can't like binge through it on a free trial. You'd have to wait until it was all dropped on there. So that's slightly Uh. sneaky of them. But I, I mean, I get it. They obviously want to have people sign up and use the service. So yeah, but they are releasing it weekly, which is, I think the first three episodes are going out and then everything else is going to be weekly. Netflix have released some first look images for Bridgerton, which is the first series from Shonda Rhimes Shondaland since she signed exclusively with Netflix. And that's premiering on Christmas Day, apparently. So it's uh, Shonda Rhimes just period drama, which looks like it could be quite interesting. And Shonda Rhimes, of course, person behind things like Grey's Anatomy and Station 19 and How to Get Away with Murder and a whole bunch of other of those big american dramas all her new stuff is coming out on netflix but um yeah she went for a period drama is the first thing which i thought was an interesting kind of right turn for uh, she arrived but you know there is uh, some images out for that now i'm sure that that usually means there's a trailer coming soon so uh, that could be one to watch out for do you watch any of the shondaland shows i used to watch scandal that was that was my yes, that's one. The one. only one and i stopped watching probably before the last season right i think because okay. it got a little bit too crazy yes as they tend to do those shows Max as well has now got a premiere date you might remember Max it was the uh, show about a a former boy band member that uh, is trying to get his career back together to um, impress his ex-girlfriend who is a supermodel they aired one episode of it on E4 and then the pandemic hit and didn't really find an audience so they pulled it off air again I think it aired in America then one of the streaming services bought it and edit in America and now they're now putting it back on Channel 4 so uh, 29th of October at 10pm that is arriving on Channel 4 they've they've picked that up to put back on here the uh, whole series will be available to stream and download for free on all four following the transmission of the first episode on Thursday the 29th of October as well so if you saw the first episode on E4 a while ago and liked it you'll now be able to watch the rest of it Blind Spot has uh, fifth and final season has got a premiere date as well that's coming on the 28th of October on Sky Witness at 9pm so keep an eye out for that and a couple of other little bits of information Ratched which is the Netflix Ryan Murphy series based around One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest apparently had 48 million people watch that in the first 28 days making it the largest original for the streaming service in 2020 which is I mean 48 million people that's insane that is pretty crazy I still haven't actually gone around to watch it yet because I'm I'm not massively into horror stuff and I know there's a lot of horror things in there so I haven't actually started watching it yet but I, I that's a ridiculous amount of uh, and it's, it's got great reviews as well so uh, clearly if you like that sort of thing you definitely want to, to keep an eye out for the other thing this week the West Wing reunion which has recently gone out in the US we still uh-huh. haven't got a UK air date for it but Richard Schiff who played Toby on the series did say to all the UK folk and others around the world HBO Max have relayed to me that they are working on finding a way for you all to see this special so it's a original cast of the West Wing getting back together to film it's an episode from season three which was based around elections and it's it's to uh, promote the importance of voting and that sort of thing because that was sort of the central theme of the episode 
they did a sort of stage reunion of it with them reenacting it and the only change that they made to the cast was uh, obviously John Spencer who died during the final season who played Leo obviously isn't involved uh, but they put Sterling K. Brown in instead from This Is Us and uh, Mrs. Okay, Maisel. that's cool. So uh, I th- th- thought that was quite a good bit of casting. I mean, you know, very, obviously very, very different person, but I think that's a really nice bit of casting. I, th- I can see why they picked him for the sort of, you know, because it needs a certain weight to that role. I'm really interested to see it because uh, I think he's a really interesting stand-in for uh, John Spencer for that. Don't know when or where that's going to air, but it sounds like they are working on something in terms of us being able to get it where that will come out I don't know in terms of other old shows returning again uh, Dexter apparently is coming back they are go- have ordered a mm-hmm. 10 episode limited series of it Dexter as I'm sure you remember starred Michael C. Hall as a blood spatter analyst who worked for the Miami Police Department who uh, also happens to moonlight as a serial killer it was a great series although had had a questionable ending I think is probably the nice way to put it I, I I would describe it both as a questionable back half and a diabolical ending. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Went, went off the rails after Marita left. I love Dexter. I've read the books as well. Mm. It was a great show that sort of came out of nowhere, really, and sort of fundamentally changed the nature of TV, really. Yeah. I mean, look at how many anti-heroes we have now on our prime thing, and I think it's mostly down to him. Yeah. He moved us from everything being a detective procedural to that next step. I mean, now we have the son of a serial killer solving crimes in New York. Yeah. As a result of him. It's a great show, great cast, introduced us to Amy Garcia. Yes. Among others. Lots of great guest stars showed up in that show. You don't really realize until you have a look at IMDb and go, oh yeah, they were in there for like a couple of episodes as like a couple who got murdered by him and stuff. But yeah, yeah I am not sure at all about this. Very uneasy. I'm okay with it. It's the original showrunner Clyde Phillips who is coming back. Michael C. Hall obviously coming back as well as Dexter. The problem is getting out of where they ended and they have specifically said that they're not undoing anything. We don't want to betray the audience by saying, whoops, it was all a dream and the first eight years happened <laughs> in the first eight years so the ending warning I am going to spoil what happens in the end if you haven't watched Dexter yet so for the next sort of minute or so shut your ears off or jump forward if you're trying to remember where the show ends Dexter faked his death was living in Oregon working for a lumber company under a new name and identity his girlfriend Hannah which was Javon Stravinsky's character Andy Young's and Harrison had been sent to live in Argentina for safety uh, Hannah had seen a report of Dexter's death and the boat blowing up where the you know which is how he faked his death so assumes he's dead one of the characters that won't be coming back is Deborah presumably unless they do it in flashback yep. because Jennifer Carpenter was uh, shot and killed by the serial killer Oliver Saxon in the final few episodes as well so um, that would be a great shame the fact that we're not having Deborah back because Deborah was a fabulous fabulous character absolutely I think that's probably their biggest problem is how do you bring it back? What they have said is we want this not to be Dexter season nine. Ten years or however many years have passed by the time this will air and the show will reflect that passage of time. So far as the ending of the show, this will have no resemblance to how the original finale ended. So although that's how we saw him, maybe he's integrated back in society somehow. Maybe he's in Argentina with the family. Maybe they're somewhere else entirely maybe they've I mean I I don't know but 
they seem to have come up with some sort of way of making a story work. The guy from uh, Showtime did say, we would only revisit this unique character if we could find a creative take that was truly worth the brilliant original series. Well, I'm happy to report that Mm. Clive Phillips and Michael C. Hall have found it and we can't wait to shoot it and show the world. So it's not just some sort of cash grab. It does seem to be people that do love the characters and do love the show. And whilst they are saying that they don't want to alter it, it is going to move things on and it's not going to be him still chopping wood somewhere. I'm okay. I'll be interested to see. I can understand being nervous about it, but I'll be interested to see what they do with it because it it hopefully will give them an opportunity to well he says a great opportunity to write a second finale because it the first finale was was not well received i think it's fair to say apparently they're aiming for a full 2021 air date for it on showtime in the usa if it's on showtime in the usa that should in theory fall under the sky atlantic deal so it should be on sky atlantic over here probably around the same time but we haven't had official confirmation of that but it should come as part of that so hopefully that's where it'll end up but yeah Dexter returning I'm up for this I'm up for them to t- sort of trying to create a better ending for it and it's only 10 episodes it's a limited series it's not coming back for a full run so that looks like it could be quite interesting moving on to uh, what I, I would consider part of your area of expertise because it's a YA series and that's very much your sort of thing <laughs> so Emma Roberts is apparently producing a YA vampire series called First Kill at Netflix it's based on a short story the author herself of the original short story and who wrote the show, describes it as Killing Eve meets Buffy. It follows a teenage vampire called Juliet who has come to a point where she needs to make her first kill and take her place amongst a powerful vampire family. In picking her target, she sets her sights on a new girl in town named Cannelope. However, much to Juliet's surprise, Cannelope is a vampire hunter from a family of celebrated slayers. Both find the other won't be so easy to kill and unfortunately way too easy to fall for. That's the setup for it and it really does sound like Killing Eve meets Buffy I mean, from that description it's eight episode series they're one hour long it's written and exact produced by Victoria Schwab who is the person that wrote the original short story as well it's going to have Felicia D. Henderson as exec producer and uh, he's also writing some episodes as well who's previously worked on Fringe and Gossip Girl and The Punisher she's also serving as showrunner Emma Roberts is producing the series through Bellatrice Productions, which is their production company. Thoughts? It's Calliope. That's the name of the vampire. Calliope, sorry. Right. Okay, so, I will take the um, word for it. I've read one of the Schwab's books. I think it might have been another YA. Not yes. quite my style, but she is extremely popular. It seems like it could be interesting. I wonder about the fact that if, if it's a short story, I wonder about what they're going to do to elongate it. Netflix have a, I don't know, I guess a 50-50 sort of record on book two Netflix things at the moment, because I can remember October Faction yeah. died to death and a few others cursed doesn't seem to be coming back no, so certainly had no I feel yet. this I feel this is probably a better chance than those two if they get it right yeah I mean I, I, think, I think probably in the casting will help a lot as well so we'll have to see yes the casting I think will be very 
crucial to it. I mean, the idea of Killing Eve meets Buffy, I think, in that sort of setup, that really is what it sounds like. I mean, you know, the the sort of vampire vampire hunter thing. I quite like it. And the other things she's she's written are uh, Vicious, the Shades of Grey series, and this Savage Song. Apparently, the other ones. I read one which is about superpowers. I can't remember what that was about. Uh, okay. Oh, that is Vicious. Yeah, oh, okay. Vicious is the one about superpowers. Yeah, I'm kind of interested by this. I'd like to watch it. I worry about whether or not when you deal with Netflix, you have to worry constantly about whether or not it's going to get cancelled. Well, yes, that is always a problem with Netflix, and most things don't last past two or three seasons anyway. So uh, they might not have to stretch it out all that much. But um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, interesting premise. And uh, it's been a while since we've had I'm trying to think what the last vampire thing was. I mean, you've still got things like the original spin off running in the US, which has never actually aired over here. I'm still surprised that's never been picked up over here. But um, there aren't that many vampire things around right now. Although they were working on a on a reboot of Buffy, weren't they? Yeah, that's gone quiet. quiet. So I guess the only thing going on right now would be legacies, I guess. Yes, um, yes, legacies. I can't really think of anything else vampire related. Well, unless you, talk, unless you consider what we do in the shadows, but that's a very different beast. Mm. CW is still trying to get that Lost Boys thing off the ground. But um, Oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so there are things floating around, but um, we'll have to wait and see. And uh, the the last one is, an, is another kind of YA thing, so uh, should be up your street. It's um, yep. Amazon have ordered I Know What You Did Last Summer TV series, apparently, which is, is an interesting area for Amazon to get involved in because they don't do, I mean, they did Alex Ryder, I guess, but they don't do that many YA things. Based on the original 1973 novel, uh, along, I'm sure, with a certain amount of the uh, 1997 film, which was also loosely, very loosely based on the book. Um, basic premise is the same, though. Group of teenagers call us a fatal accident driving home from being out partying. A year later, they get stalked by a mysterious killer who leaves a note saying, I know what you did last summer. And, and that's the setup for it. And uh, it's the same setup that was used in the book and everything else. The series is coming from uh, Sarah Goodman, who previously served as writer and exec producer on Gossip Girl, along with working on things like Preacher and Outsiders. It's from Sony Pictures Television. Can you see this working as a TV series? I mean, I guess because it's it's got that... Um... I can see I can see it working because we've had previous examples. It's like, I think Scream more than worked for a season. Yeah. Unfortunately, didn't go past that. But I think that was probably more than the MTV had that has a lot of problems with scripted yes. shows. Yeah. It could work. I can remember there was also another MTV show, was it Crush or something like that, where Victoria Justice right. starring role uh, went well. So it's I think it's perfectly possible to convert a silly YA slasher show film into a TV show. It means you have a slightly larger cast to slice and dice. Yeah, yeah. And as long as you can keep people guessing and a reasonably engaging storyline, I think it works pretty well. Something like this isn't a million miles away from something like Outer Banks. I mean, it's only a slight yeah. change of the thriller. Obviously, there's much less murder going on in Outer Banks, but I think it's easy yeah. for the show to work. It's just a question of as long as they make the characters likable enough. The thing that came from mind for me, and bearing in mind I've never seen the, this show, I thought Pretty Little Liars, maybe, because it's a um, person with a secret that's... That, I mean, okay, in this case, they're actually murdering them, but I, you know, I did wonder whether there's... there's yeah, I think, that's I think that makes a difference, because there's a big suspension of disbelief that you have to keep pushing through on 
compete with their lives just because the stakes are so low for <laughs> most of the first few seasons right. because it is just about lives so just go on and go on and get bigger and bigger whereas obviously with I know we did last summer it is your friends get picked off one by one for something yeah. that they did okay. so that, I think that makes it work in a very different way like I say I mean you know they've done things like Scream before and uh, this could be fun it could be interesting <laughs> Amazon uh, seems to do pretty well with their ordered shows. I can't yeah. think of one that was just like, you looked at and went, oh, this is awful. So no reason to doubt them now. No. So the only other YA thing I can think they've done recently was Alex Ryder, and I thought they did a brilliant job with that. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was purely aimed at a teen audience or anything like that. You know, it felt like a really solidly written drama, that. So if I'm up for them having a go at this, this this could be quite interesting. We don't know when it's exactly when it's going to land, but uh, and we haven't got casting or anything like that in it, but uh, I think this is this is what to watch out for. But it, they've they've ordered it anyway, so uh, we will be getting a season of it at least. I mean, that will be coming to Amazon at some point in the not too distant future. So uh, that's all the news we've got for this week. Next, we've got highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> Highlights for next week on TV. The first thing we have is My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman, which is a, is a great series, actually, if you've not seen it. That's uh, 21st of October, drives on Netflix. It's basically just David Letterman chatting to a person for an hour. It's just really interesting because you get a lot of background that you might not get in other sort of formats where they're doing chat shows and stuff. It's really kind of focusing on that person and the work and their background. And he's, he's had people like Obama on there and uh, I think he had uh, Tina Fey on there as well and there's you know, this whole swathe of different people so it's a great interview series but there's four in this third season Kim Kardashian West is one of them apparently, uh, Robert Downey Jr Ooh. which I'm very interested to see, Dave Chappelle who I adore and I, I'd be very interested to see that and Lizzo who is a pop star I think <laughs> I'm way yeah, too she's old a, she's a pop star <laughs> I had to kind of yes, look Dave, that up. <laughs> I had to look that up because I had not. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yes, so that's the other person. He's got those four on this. But uh, if you've not seen any of those, it's my next guest needs no introduction. It's with David Letterman. They're all on Netflix. The older ones are worth going back and watching because they are brilliant. Minority Report, the one and only season of that TV show, lands on Fox UK. That's on 21st of October at 9 p.m. based on the Tom Cruise film, but uh, only lasting for one season so don't get overly attached to it. And it was filmed in a weird order. So oh, right. they, were, they filmed the first part and then they filmed the last four episodes. So those episodes refer to things that never actually got filmed. Uh, right, okay. Yes, aware of that. that's a little weird. Okay, there's that coming to uh, Fox. It's uh, one of their filler coronavirus programs if you uh, want to go get that. Then we have Billions returning finally on the 21st of October on Sky Atlantic at 9pm. Uh, I love that show. It's really good. Oh, interesting, I saw a few people saying they couldn't get it to it but I thought I just think that show's brilliant so that's back for its fifth season that's also been renewed for a sixth season as well so we're very much looking forward to that Siren back for its third and as we know now final season the one season. and mm. the the one and only premiere on Sci-Fi UK that's on the 21st of October as well at 9pm oh, and wow. so that will be back for its uh, third season if you want to go and see Vicious Mermaids you me her the fifth and final season of that coming on the 
22nd of October to Netflix. Also on Netflix, we have The Alienist, Angel of Darkness, otherwise known as Season 2. That returns on the 22nd of October. And uh, Supernatural Season 15 returns randomly to four music on the 23rd of October at 9pm. So uh, to carry on my Wayward Son one blast time. I'd be interested to see whether they're going to run this straight through or do their usual trick of sticking a massive gap in the middle of it. I hope they run it straight through. It's on full music for reasons. As I mentioned last week, I, I suspect that they were doing their usual drunk darts card game in the office and E4 lost to full music. I don't know why it's on full music. Uh, full music apparently is a standard deaf channel as well, not a high deaf channel, although it is going to be on all four as well, hopefully, I assume, in high deaf. So uh, if you can't get full music, you can go and get it on all four, hopefully, and pick it up on there and hopefully in high definition. But uh, yeah, that's Supernatural Season 15. That's 23rd of October at 9pm on four music and on all four. Last Leg returns for its 20th season. That's on Channel 4 on the 23rd of October at 10pm. I love that series. Uh, 20s, Season 1 of that comes to BBC Three, which is a semi-autobiographical series which follows an aspiring young black lesbian writer and her friends as they pursue their dreams in Los Angeles. That's coming to BBC Three on the 25th of October. That's called 20s. The Undoing, which has been trailered and bounced around. It was going to air in April and then they shifted it because of the pandemic and then it shifted again. And uh, But that miniseries, which has got uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, comes from David E. Kelly and uh, Hugh Grant. And that is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 26th of October at 2am. And then it's got another showing at like 8, 10 or 9pm as well in the evening but uh, that comes to Sky Atlantic and that's The Undoing Family Guy season 19 coming to ITV2 26th of October at 9pm uh, Room 104 season 3 that comes to Sky Comedy on the 27th of October don't have a time for that but it's like 9 or 10pm they're airing that and uh, that's everything from this week unless you've got anything else you want to mention no that's it I'm sure that like, the last time I was on here you mentioned Room 104 yes well they're, they're running the season back to back so that's probably why oh, okay. so uh, they've ah, been running okay. them out back to back That's so it's probably season two I mentioned last time you were on ah, okay. but, when that looks very familiar yes mm. I think there are four seasons and with they, we were way way behind on it and uh, I think there are four seasons of it before it got canned so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. they're running them out back to back if uh, people want to chat and converse with you where can they find you you can find me at Almasikanias which is A-L-M-A-S-Y-K-I-N-E-A-S on Twitter and that's probably the best place to get in touch with me to talk obscure Amazon Prime disaster films <laughs> and our verse occasionally. Yes. You can obviously check out some of my articles over at HollywoodNewsSource.com and my latest interview, which is on the Hollywood News Source YouTube site. And that's where I talk with the British stars of CW's Pandora Show, which is a sci-fi show. Oh, cool. Ben Radcliffe and Tegan Short, who play Raylan and Matter. Nice. Um, you can check out season one of Pandora over on Amazon Prime right now. Excellent. Yes. So go check that out. For other people, of course, you can go and find Bex, who is up on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's Bites with an Y. Uh, she's streaming daily and also doing various evenings as well for lots of weird geeky content over on there. Uh, Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org. Go and check him out. We are doing the Walking Dead podcast over on there for World Beyond. And Matt is also covering Fear as well and a host of other stuff. So uh, go and check out all the podcasts over there. For us, of course, you can go to Geek Town 
Patreon.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.